you're listening to Studio Cast, a podcast created by Studio fans for Studio fans. This season, we're discussing the final season ever of Teen Wolf, the last time we will be seeing Styles Stalinsky and Lydia Martin on our TV screens. We hope you'll join us in celebrating and yelling about this season of Teen Wolf and fangirling over that crazy little thing called Stidia. This is StidiaCast. Hi, everybody. Um, today, I think we had kind of a weird day in the fandom because for the first time since I have been in the Teen Wolf fandom, Everybody watched the episode the day after. <laughs> like, I was on Twitter today, and almost all of my Twitter mutuals had not seen the episode yet. Um, so it was a really weird, creepy vibe in the Team Wolf fandom these past couple of days where nobody really wanted to see this episode. Meanwhile, me in the trenches. <laughs> Rachel stuck it out like fighting the good fight. She really is. Yeah, seriously. So as it, like, I'll, I'll tell you guys all the trigger warnings. Don't worry. Yeah, as it turns out, the spiders, the spiders were not the creepiest part of Teen Wolf episode six twelve. It was, in no fact, the silence on the trenches. Um, so we're going to talk about this episode, which none of us liked, but <laughs> first, introductions. Put that out there. My name's Rachel. I'm Ron Gassim on Tumblr. I'm Maggie. I'm Red String Banshee on Tumblr. I'm Rachel. I'm It's Always Lydia on Tumblr. And I'm Anya, and I'm Styles Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. All right. So to start off the episode, I really want to be positive. So let's talk about Mason. <laughs> He was funny. <laughs> Honestly, you know it's a bad episode when the best part is a 2.0 scene. <laughs> but straight up, like, straight up, last the, week too. The Mason and the Mason and Liam scene in the locker room at the beginning was like com- comedic gold. I was like, Mason, thank you for existing. Like <laughs> everything. Like, do you know how hard it is for a few human beings? Being to have an eight pack, oh, God, I was like, Mason. Yeah. I was happy because I was like, yes, brace and ride. <laughs> All I Honestly, want. I was so ready for Mason to kick Corey's butt to the curb, especially. Oh my God, when he witnessed it, when he witnessed um, Brett like score on Corey, and I was like, this is everything this is you can have, baby. Yeah, I know. I was like, there's Aaron Corey, and then he and Mason are going to score. That's going to be great. I was like, there are eight episodes in a two-year time jump, right? So him and Corey could feasibly break up in episode three. Then there could be, like, a three-episode, like, waiting period. (laughs) And Grayson can still happen. I just feel like if I was Mason and I saw that, like, I witnessed that on the lacrosse Literally, like, like, a foot taller than his current boyfriend. Yes, I'd be like, my boyfriend is, like, cottage cheese. Like, what the (laughs) fuck is interesting about him? Nothing. Cottage cheese. Every time Corey has been on screen this season, it's just to be like, wow, I'm invisible and useless. I'm like, oh, Corey. Right, he said again, like, I'm not invisible, right? And I was like... Was this an improv line that the editors asked? <laughs> and they kept it in. Like, there's no way they had him say that again in the script, right? And right when, like, the guidance counselor is, like, watching, too. Like, like good job, Corey. <laughs> Subtlety. Always 
<laughs> Always the key in Teen Wolf. We love ourselves I just here. <laughs> don't know what it is that they made. Like, Corey and Mason were pretty fun in season four. And just I don't for think some they reason. Mason in season four. They weren't, yeah. I'm sorry, Corey. No, not Corey. Uh, Mason and Liam were pretty funny in season four. And they were, had really great, like, friendship scenes. But something about introducing, like, both of their love interests, like, sucked so much of the fun out of those scenes. And it really mm-hmm. should be that way. Mm-hmm. Like, it should be, you know, like, oh, this is a, another side of the characters that we get to see. This is another dynamic that we get to see. But instead, once Hayden and Liam were paired together, all of her fire went out. Liam became super annoying because he thought he was the main character now that he had a love interest and was a wolf. <laughs> and it was just, and then Mason like was just utilized a lot less in his like intelligent, humorous side. Um, yeah, that's one thing. Because he was I, just with Corey and it was just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that's it. That's one thing that I, I do think has been going well for this season is the dynamic between Mason and Liam are like Mason and Liam are once again very funny and I mean even just the introduction in the first in the pilot not in the pilot I'm tired <laughs> in the <laughs> last episode, episode in the premiere thank you in <laughs> the premiere when it just like cuts to Liam and he's like I can't do this like I was yeah. like yes oh Teen Wolf can be funny <laughs> I forgot <laughs> That no scene was really to funny. See Eric and Liam at all. Like Wait, what was that? Six and five. No one wanted to see Liam being arrogant and thinking he could take over for Scott to the extent that he did. It's funnier for him. And like more truthful, I think, for him to see Scott as this kind of awesome character who did it all himself. And for because Liam's supposed to be 15, but we're ignoring that. Like, yeah, suddenly there's Liam's seniors. Be, I mean, I, he, I guess he's seen, according to Teen Wolf Wiki Guy, if you guys didn't know, Paul said he asked Jeff, and basically Natalie is graduating the junior class early to kind of, like, usher out everyone who knows too much about the supernatural, and no, it doesn't make sense. Yes, we're still mad about it. But anyway, so, like, like Corey and all of them and Liam and Mason are supposed to be, they're probably, like, 17. Scott wasn't arrogant at 17. Scott was going through, like, the hardest shit of his life at 17. 17-year-old like, Scott McCall held his girlfriend, his first love, in his was, arms as she died. Because Maggie was in here, but sure. Well, we can't put yeah. cameras off anyway, so we can't actually see the ramifications of our actions. <laughs> oh, you'll feel them later, trust me. I'm going to wake yeah. up at night and there's going to be like needles stabbing all over me and I'll know that Maggie took out her Rachel voodoo doll and just started stabbing it repeatedly. <laughs> I was going to say, should I make a voodoo doll? <laughs> no! So just, oh, my acrylic just broke. <laughs> I, I told you, I told you you'd feel, that's for Allison Arjun, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the worst day. But in conclusion, like, to see Liam actually struggling in a, like, in not, like, the same way as Scott did, but to see him kind of, like, get hit with that, like, realism or uh, 
him acknowledging that he's a teenager with teenager problems, like missing his girlfriend who moved away. Like, I like that Liam way more than like, I can totally be the alpha when Scott's gone, Liam. Yeah. Because for some reason, Mason and Hayden said, sure you can, instead of slapping him <laughs> in the face. Actually, if it, actually Hayden laughed when he said that, and I was like, this is the most in-character moment of she started supporting him later in the season. Oh. She started supporting him later in the season, and we were like... Honey. Hayden, Hayden, be a um, good girlfriend and tell your boyfriend he ain't shit. <laughs> tell your boyfriend if he says he's got beef that I'm a vegetarian and I am fucking scared of him. Stop. I'm having flashbacks to that vine where <laughs> Styles punches Jackson. <laughs> oh my no, but okay, but on the other hand, like, as much as I love Liam having problems. Can we talk for a quick second about how Teen Wolf ran out of plot lines? So they're just recycling. Really? Liam doesn't have control like over his powers. One <laughs> there was that one. There was his password is Allison, and then there was oh the dialogue gosh. verbatim from "You're not going to Iken House." Says who? Says me. I'm going to Iken House. <laughs> like, oh guys, this is listen, guys. We've been recording for nine minutes. We cannot <laughs> blow through things to complain about this fast. Like, we're hitting all the points. We're all so tired of Teen Wolf. Yes. And so are the writers. They are tired. (laughs) Which is weird because this writer was, again, a brand new one who hasn't written for the season before. So I don't know how he can already be so bored. Wait, did this writer, like, not realize these things already happened? Were they, like, sitting in the writer's room being like, I just thought of the most brilliant idea. (laughs) Liam cannot control his powers. And then it's like Craig gets okay, let's go. And then the other writers are like, wait. In the woods. The writers are like, wait, wait, we already did that. Uh, last season with Malia. We can totally do this brand new plot line with Liam. We've never done it before. Yeah, let's go. And then like three years in a row, you guys. Like I was I was talking to Rachel about this. It was like if you broke up each like group of character storylines per season, you wouldn't necessarily think that they were bad ideas, but they were mm-hmm. all thrown together in another very disjointed mishmash of an episode that made you not really want to follow the thread. And as a result, like Liam and Mason's storyline was kind of the most compelling because they're the ones inching closer and closer to like the actual physical manifestation of the villain. Um, yeah. And Lydia has been going through like, her, her powers being more within her control. So, like, those two storylines are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Scott and Malia's plotline with trying to figure out the hunter angle has kind of been spinning its wheels because they're trying to focus on building that chemistry between Posey and Shelley into, like, the on-screen relationship they want. So they've, they've been doing very little in terms of plot in their scenes. And it gets kind of boring. Like, I, I laughed at the first scene with Scott... Lydia and Malia, but then they just like repeated it, but without Lydia in uh, Arjun's bunker, basement, wherever, and then the woods. So I was like, we get it. You guys banter, you're friendly, but like, can we move a little bit closer to what's going on here? Like, the best Scott and Leah scene by themselves was when Arjun was there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, this is why you shouldn't throw together a romance in, in one season because you want characters to not be single at the end of the show. But anyway. All right. Yeah, this is some shade <laughs> I that I agree with. They had switched with Lydia in one of those scenes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we talk about how Lydia 
going to Eichenhaus alone was so completely unnecessary. Like, I was just watching that episode, and then, like, the two minutes it took for Lydia to get to Eichenhaus by herself, I had thought of five different ways that they could have had her have <laughs> other people there. So, if nothing else, she could have brought Liam with her. Like, bring the freaking useless tween with you. I don't care at this point. Just everyone knows. Everyone was there when Lydia almost died at Eichenhaus. You all witnessed this. Why Why is there not a single person who, like, why didn't Parrish say, instead of, I'll go by myself? Because, to be honest, that's equally stupid. Mm-hmm. Um why wasn't Parrish like, hey, Scott, or like, hey, Malia, or hey, any of these supernatural creatures I got, like, crawling up my asshole anytime I turn around, want to go on a little field trip? Like, I'll <laughs> Ew, Parrish has never Ew. been the brightest light bulb. No, do you want to, do you want to no. hear, the, like, the three or four ways I thought of? Okay, so first of all... What if we literally just have our next city cast season be how we would have written Teen Wolf? (laughs) Honest. Okay, but so first of all, when Lydia went to talk to Parrish in the very first scene, it didn't make any sense that she only talked to him instead of the sheriff and him because the sheriff is her boyfriend's dad, so of course she would tell him too. And then even if, like, Parrish was like, no, I should go alone, and the sheriff was like, you know what? That's a grand idea, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, when Lydia is... <laughs> I don't know if that's what <laughs> I'm so bitter that just anything is coming out. It is 10 or 2 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time on Monday, August 7th, and Anya, Tumblr user style still likes Lydia, has lost it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So then, so then when Lydia is waiting in the police station for Parrish and then finds out that he's getting frozen, then she could be running out the door to go help him, get stopped by the sheriff, and sheriff, the sheriff will be like, Lydia, what's wrong? And she'll be like, Parrish is in trouble. And he's like, well, I'm not letting you go into Eichen alone. I'll go with you. Like, that would have Dramatic been fine. running. She wouldn't have been by herself. <laughs> exactly. Or after she hears... Uh, after she hears that, then she calls Scott because clearly that's what you do. You call your alpha. And then she calls Scott and he's like, you don't have to do this. Not alone. And then I love my he, alpha daddy. I know. <laughs> and, then, and then he and Malia are like, they like turn to Arjun and Arjun's like, I may not be a hunter anymore, but I still know how to use a gun. And then I'll be fine. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amazing. But like, let's be honest, like, Scott and Malia did not have to be present there for Argent to find the silver bullet. Like, they could have gone with Lydia to Eichenhaus. And then when Lydia was having all those flashbacks, true alpha Scott McCall could have been there for her and been like, you can do this, Lydia. And sure, we want Lydia to be a strong female character who can, like, face all of her fears. But you can do that and still have the support of other people. Yeah, I just wish that, like, maybe she had driven in the car with Cher. Like, if it's just going to be the two of them going, because they are immune to a lot of the bad Eichenhaus effects, have Lydia wait in the fucking car, and then when he's gone for, like, three hours, she can call the sheriff and be like, (laughs) I may have lost one of your employees in, like, the devilish uh, hell zone that is Eichenhaus. Can you you come get him with me? Like, I'm a little (laughs) nervous because he didn't come back. Like, it just, it isn't logical it's like Anya said I am totally fine with the scene where Lydia faces her fears and walks through Eichenhaus and like pushes through those flashbacks and saves Parrish in the face of a murderous doctor like two thumbs up like yes that is 100% something that I think Lydia has earned as a character 
Um, but the going by herself, the fact that none of her friends, except for Parrish, were aware that she even wanted to go to Eichenhaus, and, like, the, the counterbalance of Scott and Malia's scenes, there was very little plot progression there. And so I wanted to see more of that because, like, again, 2.0 has had the meatiest plot scenes while still having great character stuff. Yeah, so. there was, in, like, uh, Liam and Mason scenes, there was way more plot progression than in Scott and Malia's scenes. But in Liam and Mason scenes, we still got the funny character moments. Okay, But gotcha. Scott and Malia's was the, the, the spitting yeah. And then it was lack comparison to 2.0. And that shouldn't be his love interest this season. And you're just like, just like, no, they have chemistry. No, they have chemistry. You guys, these two have chemistry. The one thing I do, I did appreciate about the whole Eichenhaus scene was the acknowledgement of Lydia's PTSD. Like, yes. Finally, one of the characters on Teen Wolf is going through a trauma, and she's affected by her trauma. Like, <laughs> wow, go figure. She's at, she is actually triggered by the sound of the key card when she places it. Like, yeah. Wow. That, that was that really traumatic. cool. Speaking of traumatic, I'm sorry, but can we talk about Theo Rakin? <laughs> because I didn't, I can't talk about it because I knew that that scene was coming and I like studiously played Candy Crush on my phone because spiders I cannot do. Spiders and needles. <laughs> so both of the B seasons of season five and six and six have been like, hey, Rachel, what do you hate again? Can you describe it in detail? Got it. No, we won't touch that. Definitely won't touch that. <laughs> Wank. <laughs> Um, listen, I know everybody hates Theo because he's fucking awful and he tried to kill Scott and he backhanded Lydia. But I love him. I love him. I can't help it. He's god awful and I love him. And I loved the opening of like him being alone. I love that he's alone. Anya's looking at me like literally Anya is looking at me right now like Rachel, you let this maniac onto the podcast. Like, you should, like, I wish that everybody else could see the look that Anita's listen, gave me. All, no, listen, I love my I'm, problematic faves. Like, I love Theo Rican. I'm sorry. I've always liked him. I'm glad that we have differing opinions on Studio Cast because that makes it more interesting. <laughs> but fuck you, Maggie. I know. I, I'm angry with myself. Listen, I know I shouldn't like him, but I like him. No, it's okay. I understand. Like, I I know why he would be likable. Like, he's a really good actor. But I just like I spent the first three minutes being like, "Is this Theo?" I'm like pretty sure this is Theo. But they gave him a new haircut to make him look like more likable and vulnerable. And so now I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that it's Theo because every what? white kid on this show looks the same. And you know, I mean, Brett, they, is that you? <laughs> they brought him. They had him off, and they then you in a car. They they took him off, and then they they brought him back. So yeah, he he was a really good actor. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that Theo's cliffhanger was, like, actually pretty decent. Yeah. Even though we know he's alive. Sorry to disappoint all the Theo haters. We know that he's alive later because he was in the trailer because they spoiled it because he's in, like, seven group scenes. (laughs) Yeah. But I was, like, actually really really interesting and it made me way more scared for when scott got cornered by all the deputies yeah i agree that was that was definitely that was a good scene yeah i did enjoy that one and i like how scott is like 
you can't hide anymore. Like the secret's already out there. He's been exposed to the whole library of students and now like the entire sheriff's office. And I just love it. And I love how he was like, did anybody see? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say yes, but... That actually, I love, I love that, the whole, like, what's wrong with his eyes, too. I'm like, oh, it's exciting. It's that like a big me... superhero reveal. Except that made me mad, too. Everything about this episode made me mad. Because oh. it was like, they were making Liam lose control of his powers, and then they randomly made Scott, like, freak out when he's never had a problem with hunters before or, like, That's guns. Valid. And yeah. then suddenly they were well... like, I feel like this will fit for the episode, so let's make him freak out so that... Everybody in the sheriff's station can find out that he's a werewolf. I think that they're trying to hint towards... I don't know if this is... is, I think it's more or less confirmed. So there's potentially two big, like, creature villains. One has to do with the spiders, and the other one has to do with fear. It could be that they are one and the same. So I think that it could... That it's supposed to hint that, like, stop losing control in the woods... The way that, like, all of the deputies lose control in the woods is because the fear demon is, like, amplifying their fear and feeding off it. So I I think that was supposed to be a clue to the plot lost control. He was, like, horrified at himself to different level than I think it has been before. So I was kind of just like, my poor son, get away from him, whatever you ugly monster is. Stop it. Do you guys think that also has to do with the fact that, like, we haven't really seen Lydia use her powers on someone without killing them in, like, a while. Like, do you think that that's the reason she killed Posey's dad? What? See, it was so, like, not a hole blown through him that I'm almost like, did she just knock him unconscious or did she kill him? No, his no, eyes his eyes were open because I, I rewound and I checked because I was like, were his eyes okay. open? The brightness got turned down on my television, so I literally couldn't tell you. Hmm, I wonder who did <laughs> yeah, that. No, he was... He was definitely dead. Okay. He well, was dead. Then, I mean, it was definitely one of those things she was going to kill Parrish, therefore she had to use, she felt she had to use lethal force. No, yeah, for sure. Maybe she'll but say like, that episode that she didn't mean to kill him and something happened and it did, but man, I don't think Oh, I'm sure it won't get addressed. Well, he has killed so yeah, many people now. I'm like, guys, I'm like ready to write my Cydia, Bonnie, and Clyde AU because now Lydia's a murderer, Styles is a murderer. It's just like all going downhill for everyone. Now Lydia's a murderer. Valak does not count. Well, see, Lydia. see, for me, Va- Valak was way more of a valid murderer. No, I don't agree with that I, because, because Posey dad that character was a human he was a human being the show was like so clearly showing him exercising like they showed him being fearful valak was like torturing her this guy was a fearful he was a human in a supernatural world he was just scared but like you're saying that styles is a murderer because he killed someone in self-defense Styles is a murderer and i love it So, like, if you're saying that is, like, the, the quality, uh, the well, qualifier is, like, then, I like, hear, Lydia has been a murderer but, since But this was guy was just trying, to, wasn't trying to kill Lydia. He was just trying, he just saw a bag of Cheetos on the ground and he was going to throw it in the trash can. He was literally yeah, trying I'm, to I'm save the world from litter. That, I'm just saying that, like. Every day is Earth Day. The qualification of Styles has already been met by Lydia with Valak. I know, but it's different because Valak was torturing Lydia, and that and that kid exactly. was going after Styles. That kid was going after Styles. So yes, Styles was no, self defense, and Valak was self defense. 
but I don't yeah. think that this guy... I, There's different reasonings, but it's still murder. But like, I don't understand. Why couldn't Lydia have just knocked him out? Why did she have to kill him? It, it's, like, I think it's, like, Anya, or like, Anya, or you said, like, it's one of those things where maybe the fear made her lose control a little bit, or she was so, she was so scared herself seeing him pointing a gun to Parrish that she overreacted. So I guess again, she's already in like a very fragile mental state. Yeah. I, guess. I guess my personal hope is that. It, like, I guess my personal hope Maggie's is that. Maggie's just clapping in the background. That's my girl. <laughs> I, was that Rachel? I guess that I really personally. No, I ho- meant Rachel. It's always Lydia, Rachel. Oh, is that? I said. I said that Maggie was just clapping in the background after Lydia capped that guy. Like, yeah, Sadie. Because <laughs> <laughs> she said sweaty. she didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't care that he, when he killed, killed him. She was just like, yeah, that's my To me, to me, th- it's not shock. Like, there's no shock value in it anymore. Like, I was not surprised that she killed him. I didn't even realize that she had killed him, but, like, I, I'm unfazed by it. <laughs> uh, to much causing everybody to lose emotional. <laughs> I'm desensitized. all emotionally dead. But, um... Okay, if we're talking about other things that were wrong with Timul. <laughs> <laughs> if we're, like, complaining. Like, I also feel like as much as I love the sentimental value of Chris Argent using Allison as a password, he's way too practical for that. It would not be successful. It also just yeah. bothered me on a personal level that they showed the passwords that Malia was typing in and that she used space they had spaces the first letter of every password. I was like, none of these would ever be correct. Nobody capitalizes the also, first letter of her password. Scene. It's another yeah. repeated scene from season four. <laughs> I know. And then Chris was like, I have a man on the inside, but I don't know who the gun buyers are. Like, that doesn't make sense either. Like, if you had an inside man, you would already know who was in charge. Well, maybe he did, like but he was play-acting. I feel like, on paper, this episode could have been so interesting. Because there's so many different like, like, compelling storylines. But it just didn't play out. Like, I was snoozing. There's something and, keeping like, the scenes connecting. Yeah. I think it's because everybody's too isolated. Like, Liam and Mason are only having scenes together. Lydia was by herself. Scott and Malia were mostly together. We had the one scene with Theo and then the one scene with Lydia and Parrish. So it was just like, yeah, these maybe. Like, never the twain shall meet. Like other than that one scene at the beginning, which was one of my favorites between Scott, Malia and Lydia, because it was funny. They were talking about something important and mm-hmm. like you were trying to address like, Scott what happened back there, but it got brushed aside. So... I, I love the same thing in episode nine. Like, you can't just keep saying, like, here's all these characters together doing things and then carry that thread into, okay, so Mason and Liam are going to hang out again. Like, <laughs> I want to see that intertwining character shit. Well, maybe that'll happen later on in the season when they realize that they need to work together to solve this mystery or something. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it'd be fun if Kira was back so that there could be <laughs> one character didn't always have to be alone because they don't want to work in groups of threes and they only want to have pairs. You may say I'm a dreamer. <laughs> I just quick side note. I just really wanted to say, I love that scene with um, Malia and Lydia and Scott in the car. I love that Scott's, like, number twos are both women. 
<laughs> like it's like him and these two chicks. It's sexy. I love it. I want more. <laughs> I do like that. I want them to put Malia and Lydia back together. They're gonna have this like easygoing conversation from episode one too. Like there's no. I mean, yeah, Lydia's kind of like, you know, ribbing Malia a little bit more than she needs to maybe. But I would love it to something. like. Yeah, I would love it to like open up to a scene in Lydia's room and they're both sitting on her bed. And Malia's, like, pouting, and Lydia's, like, hold still. And she's, like, like, trying to paint her nails. And Malia <laughs> just goes into it, like, but why do you think this happened? And why do you think Arda did this? And it could just totally be them, like, just trying to have a girly night and, like, you know, still furthering the plot at the, the same time. Them, like, something going on. That would be amazing. Especially since there are only three girl characters on the show now. And... They like the one woman of color on the show. They just made evil. So, a plus Teen Wolf diversity. Do you guys, seriously, do you guys? Think, I thought about this last night, but do you think that Tamora is Brayden's sister? Ooh, why? That would be that cool, but that. I doubt it. They cut her neck. Like when Brett cut her neck, it was very specifically she grasped her neck like that. And all I can think of is we're gonna see her with three scars, just like Brayden has. Wow. So I'm wondering if Brayden like faked her death or just like never told her family what happened to her when Deucalion uh like cut, cut her and so her family thinks she's dead and like the last place her sister was able to track her to was Beacon Hills because they said that again something in the past uh at some point say like oh we may have that be one of a, a villain's origin story or something and initially some people were thinking that she was going to be like a relative of Boyd's or just like someone who's oh taken God. by Mob Hunt and get taken back. Like, but what if she's like, well, what if she's Brayden's sister? Oh my I gosh. I love that theory. I wish Jeff is. Jeff better fucking listen to you. I swear to God. That's like, amazing. Because, like, like and Tandy said, they had like a big, like, with all the characters they brought back, they wanted them to have like an arc, even if it was like a mini arc. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if like, Brayden coming back was going to be her telling her her sister that she was still alive and to like stop. That would be yeah. amazing if they acknowledge Boyd. I would scream forever and ever. <laughs> True. I love him. Be, oh God, I can't talk about him or else I start crying. But I love Boyd. That'd be so amazing if it were somehow linked back to him. I just wish that like, Brayden. If it was Brayden, then like I feel like that there wouldn't have been any need to cut her from the show. Like I feel like they would have brought her back because it would have had a lot of like emotional closure or something they tried. i don't know well she said they that tried she, to get her back she said that she could do it but like they decided to cut her from the scripts so it was like team was i thought it was team was, oh it was her no she was filming in atlanta for survivor's remorse oh okay specifically said like they asked me i said hell yes they showed me the storyline i said bomb and then scheduling and I think that because they only wanted her back for the finale and they had a very specific time period where they could film the mm-hmm. finale because it was when Dylan O'Brien was available. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they, they couldn't swing it, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I misunderstood that. I thought that they just decided to cut her. Okay, then that's still no, possible. No, that was just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, never mind. They only did that to 
one female character. Never mind, Teen Wolf, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Speaking of Dylan O'Brien, I can't believe that our OTP is finally canon and we're still getting fed breadcrumbs. <laughs> Where's the studio <laughs> reference in there? Where? I just need one fucking text message. That's all I need. Just one I fucking text message. Someone said imagine Lydia texting Styles to say, like, just, and they have the furious text conversation and then, like, he says, whatever you do, do not go back into Eichenhaus. And she just, like, like snoozes her phone. And then that's when she walks up the steps. Like, Oh, my gosh. That would have been amazing. Like, Fuck you. I'm doing this. Fuck you. They don't even need Don's stupid-ass face. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of the, the text we did get, can you believe that Lydia hasn't registered for classes at MIT yet? And they're just going to think that that's okay with the viewers of the show. I mean, like... Rachel and I were discussing this on Tumblr with like in like two separate spheres earlier, but like people were saying that she wasn't gonna like oh is she not going now? Uh, you have to pay for college in like August, like yeah. early August. If it's presumably late August because they're talking about history tests and Scott is gonna be going back to classes at any moment, like Lydia has paid MIT a hefty sum for her butt to be in a chair somewhere. She hasn't picked which electives she's going to take, and she's going to end up in something like geology and have to lick a rock. <laughs> but, like, also, Lydia Martin does not leave anything to the last minute. She would not have waited until the last day to register classes at MIT. Never. I, it was an <sighs> unnecessary, like, little thing, because I feel like most people were just kind of thinking, that's dumb. Lydia would have been registered before this bullshit happened. <laughs> It was just so unnecessary. And it's like making everybody think that she's not going to go to college now. And like Scott's not going to go to college. And I'm like, why did I even watch this show if my kids aren't going to be happy at the end? <laughs> like on a scholarship to UC Davis and you assholes and your spiders. Keeping him here. <sighs> so what are our red string? So what are our red string ratings for this episode? What did you guys want to give it? Um, Let's start with. Yeah, let's start with you, Rachel. 2.5. Lots of cute character beats. Plot nowhere to be found. (laughs) Anya? It's actually funny because usually I'm, like, the optimistic one, but I'm giving it a one. Like, straight up. Okay. They only be string for this episode. I I had to... It took me two hours to watch this episode because I had to keep pausing to calm down, complain to people, and psych myself up to start it again, saying, you're recording for StudioCast this week. You have to watch it. (laughs) And, like, the only reason it gets any red strings at all is, first of all, Mason Brett has an eight-pack Hewitt. Two, Lydia (laughs) harnessing her powers. And three, I can't bring myself to give any Teen Wolf episode zero strings as long as Scott McCall is still on my screen. That's it. How about you, Maggie? Um, the 2.5 also was the number stuck in my head. I enjoyed it when I was intrigued enough to actually pay attention. Otherwise, I was, it was a snooze fest. But, um, yeah, I give it a 2.5. It's uh, pretty much my expectation of Teen Wolf now. <laughs> so I was gonna say, wow, two point five out of two point five, guys. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a one point five because it, it, this episode for me was like, you know, that running gag in the new Gilmore Girls series that like Roy has his boyfriend Paul that no one remembers. Like for me, this episode was Paul. 
Like, I don't, like, it just doesn't exist. This episode, did it happen? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, like, remember the episode. I don't know what the plot line was. I kept having to rewind because I would zone out and start thinking about other things. Like, I, (laughs) at one point, my aunt came down to ask me a question, and we ended up having a conversation for an hour while the episode remained paused on the TV because I was not interested enough to click back in and watch the episode and, and let me tell you one time one of my cousins was born I, a great cousin was born so my cousin had a baby during an episode of Teen Wolf and my mom like called me to tell me and I like she was like your cousin's your baby and I was like shut up Teen Wolf was on and I hung up on her <laughs> okay to be fair it was 516 but like so <laughs> that's the standard that we're no, going that against very <laughs> so yeah this was bad um, okay, well, guys, thank you for sitting here and griping with me for so 35 for minutes. I appreciate it. Um, we will see you next week when we have a episode directed by Tyler Posey, our angel. So fingers crossed, guys. I hope My it's good. Baby. I'm really excited to see what he does. I Meg Bonnie's review on Pure Fandom was really positive, in my opinion. Um, and she made it sound like it was a really cool episode and that he was able to show off his chops. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in it. Um, and I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. But in the meantime, my name is Rachel. I'm Ron Guys. I'm on Tumblr. I'm Maggie. I'm Red String Banshee on Tumblr. I'm Rachel. I'm It's Always Lydia on Tumblr. And I'm Anya, and I'm Style Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to CityaCast. If you enjoyed our show, please follow us on Tumblr and Twitter for more updates and ways you can get involved. If you want your voice to be heard on this podcast, you can email us at cityacast at gmail.com, send a message to cityacast.tumblr.com, or tweet us at cydia underscore cast. Thank you to Lauren of Find the Skyline for sponsoring this season of CityaCast, and to you, our listener, for tuning in. Remember, we love you.